In the United States, we take for granted the ability to access excellent diagnostic imaging. However, in much of the world, radiologic services are a luxury. We will discuss the role of imaging in countries with limited medical resources. You are listening to ReachMD Radio, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to Advances in Medical Imaging. I am Dr. Beverly Hashimoto, your host, and with me today is Dr. Sherry Teefee. Dr. Teefee is Professor of Radiology at the Mallinckrodt Institute of Washington University in St. Louis, Missouri. Today we are going to discuss Dr. Teefee's radiology experiences in Africa and Asia. Thank you, Dr. Teefee, for speaking with us today. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you. So, Dr. Teefee... You've been involved in teaching ultrasound and other imaging techniques in Bhutan and Uganda. How did you become involved in going to these countries? Well, regarding Bhutan, I had gone there several years ago as a tourist, and at the end of the trip in which I was hiking, I had an opportunity to meet with some of the physicians who worked at the referral hospital in the capital, Pimpu. And at that point, it became evident to me that there certainly was a need to return and provide some expertise in the areas of ultrasound and CT. In the last few years, a colleague at Washington University who had been going to Bhutan to help with the clinical laboratory services had spoken with the Ministry of Health, and they expressed an interest to have a radiologist who would come long-term and work with their radiologists. They had just gotten a new CT scanner and MR scanner donated from India and were looking for some additional expertise in those areas, and so I readily volunteered and have been going twice a year for the last couple of years now. And in Uganda, how did you get involved with going there? In Uganda, our radiological society, the RSNA, has uh, visiting professorships where they send teams of radiologists, in fact, to many different places around the world. And I was involved with two other colleagues in a trip to Uganda that lasted two weeks. So in Bhutan and Uganda, what type of equipment did you use? Well, in Bhutan... They had some equipment that was quite old in ultrasound and a second machine that was about four or five years old. I was fortunate to be able to work with General Electric, and they donated a state-of-the-art machine to the country, which took a lot of effort to get into the country, but ultimately we were able to succeed, and so now they're using that machine as well. The CT and MR scanners were state-of-the-art. India was very gracious to donate excellent quality machines. In Uganda, some of the older products that they were using were products that you and I perhaps might have used five, ten years ago. But I was also able to get a second machine that was refurbished and sent there as well to help them out. There must be challenges going to these countries that we probably don't even imagine radiology since we're so dependent on many things. In particular, what are the electrical services like? Because I know here in the United States... We have to be very careful about electrical fluctuations in our equipment. Well, I was actually impressed at both institutions. I really didn't recognize this as a problem. When I was in Uganda, I was in Kampala in the capital, and as best I could tell, those were not issues. And, and likewise, in Bhutan, they have their own in-house engineers who are well aware of the electrical requirements for the machines, and there were actually no problems at all. Well, that's great. So now what were the most common or useful applications of ultrasound in each of these countries? Well, there was a lot of OB patients that were scanned and a, a lot of routine abdominal imaging. There 
not quite as experienced with Doppler. In fact, very little was done in which you are examining the blood vessels of patients. So that's one area that I plan to work with them and to improve their skills. There also is not much vascular, not much musculoskeletal ultrasound or interventional ultrasound. And those are all areas that their clinicians have expressed an interest in having ultrasound be more available to perform these types of studies. So there are a lot of challenges when I go there to introduce these skills to their physicians and sonographers. Now, from my reading, I understand Uganda has a significant HIV population, in fact, over a half a million people. Did you experience seeing any of the consequences of this disease with imaging? You know, we really, I really didn't see that many patients. I also believe regarding Uganda that they've worked very hard to get their HIV numbers down and have been very successful, but I did not see very many patients that I can recall who had HIV. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to Advances in Medical Imaging on ReachMD Radio, XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I am Dr. Beverly Hashimoto, and I'm speaking with Dr. Sherry Teefee, Professor of Radiology at Washington University, St. Louis, Missouri. So, Dr. Teefee, that's great that Uganda has worked so hard at reducing its HIV population. Were there any types of diseases in either country that perhaps we would not be as familiar with uh, here in the United States? When I was in Bhutan, I saw quite a few patients that had TB, whether it involved their chest or their abdomen, and also echinococcus, a parasitic disease. There were several cases that I saw while I was there. The other type of case, and I should say it's more along the concept of the severity of the cases, I was quite taken aback by the advanced disease that I did see, cancers, and you and I might catch in a very early stage. Most of the patients, when they came in to be imaged, often from the outlying areas, had very advanced and unfortunately uncurable disease. So what is the way imaging is brought to the populace? What type of patient, as you you just explained, many times patients are coming in with very advanced disease. That must mean then, I assume, in the peripheral areas of these countries, there's very little imaging present. Is that correct? Well, the only CT and MR scanner in Bhutan is in the capital, in Timpu, and these scanners have only been there approximately two years. And so the way the system is organized, there are the national referral hospitals, and then from those there are regional hospitals in the smaller towns and areas in the country, and then from there you go down to your, ultimately to your basic health care unit. So there's only three, and if you include the military, four radiologists in the entire country. So you can see the vast differences between what we have in the United States and in Bhutan. It, it really is sort of a, a, a very restricted service in the sense of the availability throughout the country. So with that small group, it's obvious that they don't have a training program there. Where do most of these physicians get trained, or where are they coming from? They go to several different places around the world. The radiologists that I worked with for these last two years trained in Thailand, and the second radiologist that joined the practice trained in Bangladesh. Others will go to India for training or even Europe. And what are the technical personnel, for example, sonographers, or do they have sonographers? I mean, are there training programs for paramedical personnel? There aren't at this time. These, most of the sonographers get their training in India, and now a few of the sonographers have actually gotten their training on site. There isn't a school per se, but the chief sonographer, who's very experienced, has 
begun his own informal program at the outpatient clinic to uh, train sonographers. Likewise, the MR and CT technicians go to India for training. So because CT and MR are so much more expensive, is ultrasound available at the regional level? They do have machines at their hospitals. A colleague and I traveled to Bhutan to actually see what was available, but the ultrasound machine was locked up in a closet, and I suspect not used very much. It's another area we realize we need to tackle to improve overall health care. Was that because the physicians or the nurses did not use the ultrasound equipment or just it did not work? I would guess they did not know how to use it or interpret the findings. Now, when you also look at these countries, their religious makeup is very different than the United States. For example, Bhutan, again, this is from my reading, is primarily Buddhist and Hindu. Did that affect the way ultrasound exams were done, especially since we always ask people to, you know, undress, et cetera? Was there any difference in the the way the patients were treated or examined compared to the United States? Not really. You know, efforts are made to maintain privacy for the patient, but otherwise there really wasn't. And there were no other customs that might be different that you could discern in those countries compared to the U.S. in terms of the way medical care is given because of the culture? There certainly is a large contingent of patients who go to their indigenous hospital where they receive traditional health care. I actually visited the facility and was quite impressed with the pharmacy that they had where they make up their own medications and formulas for the patients and have some of the more traditional treatments, even including bloodletting that you and I might not undergo at this point in time. But that certainly is a very active facility which sees many, many patients on a daily basis. So is that a parallel medical system then, that patients go to one or the other, or are they combined into the same medical hospital, for example? They're separate in separate locations. I suspect patients may move from one to the other based on their satisfaction with the care they receive, but there's definitely a portion of the population that's far more comfortable with the indigenous medical system. And does that system utilize imaging or is it primarily treatment related? It's treatment related. So what do you think now after looking at this and obviously being involved are the greatest challenges in providing imaging services to these types of populations? Well, I think in large part, the important things are equipment and up-to-date equipment, proper training of personnel, both in using the equipment and in diagnosis, and continuing long-term support. You can't just fly in, give a course, and leave because the effects are going to be short-term. And that's why I've committed to a long-term relationship with Bhutan to try to improve their overall health care in the future. And I'm going to be discussing this shortly with my colleague in hopes of being able to send other colleagues who do ultrasound, MR, and CT to participate in their education. In terms of obtaining some of the materials for these studies, for example, contrast agents, in the United States, these agents tend to be very expensive for MR and CT. How do these countries afford giving contrast? Well, they're budgeted for these agents. Obviously, I'm sure it's a problem. They, don't, they do nowhere near the volume that we do in the United States. On CT, they may scan 8 to 12 patients. And now with the MR scanner down currently, I suspect they're probably scanning a larger number, but the volume doesn't come close, and therefore the cost wouldn't come close to what we do in the United States. So for other physicians who are interested in participating and doing medical outreach, do you know of any agencies that they could contact? to get involved? Certainly through the Radiological Society of North America and their visiting professorships would be one way to get involved. The 
program that I'm involved with at Washington University certainly does extend and consider other physicians who would go through me from a radiological perspective who may want to get involved. I'm really not aware of any other organizations at this point. Well, thanks a lot, Sherry. This has been a very interesting discussion and certainly very thought-provoking, especially in this day and age in terms of trying to reach out to these countries and trying to help others as well as improving all of radiology as a whole. So thank you again to Dr. Sherry Teefee, who has been our guest. We've been discussing Dr. Teefee's experience in medically underserved countries in Africa and Asia. So thanks a lot, Sherry. Thank you so much. I'm Dr. Beverly Hashimoto, and you've been listening to Advances in Medical Imaging on ReachMD Radio, the channel for medical professionals. Be sure to visit our website at ReachMD.com, now featuring podcasts of this and other featured series. Thank you for listening.